Hello and welcome to TP with TP, the podcast with Tom Polos. Here, we chronicle the absurd world of entertainment and interview movers and shakers in the industry, all the while taking some blame. Today, we interview Matthew Scott Montgomery. Matthew, welcome. Hi. I was just thinking, like, I, a lot of people call me MSM is like the initials, and I was thinking TP with TP, what would it be MSM with MSM? It would be like mainstream media with Matthew Scott Montgomery, right? That's really good. You got, you got to get that domain. Yeah. Get that handle. Yeah. I just thought of that. That's it, Initially, and, I, think <laughs> I think it's a great idea. Um, you definitely should do it. I'm, I always was plagued by the initials TP, and so I just I just leaned into it. Oh, okay. Because you can imagine TP has lots of, you know. Um, sure. Jokes. Yeah. Jokes. But, but yeah. You know, if you control the joke, you control mm, the name. Exactly. Yeah. I had a teacher that called me MSNBC, which didn't really make sense because... What a lib. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then also um, MSG comes up sometimes. Like uh, like like what they put in P.F. Chang's food or it, like Mad Square Garden? Oh, like um, I think the P.F. Chang's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that would be fun. Like, you know, oh, God, if I created a charity and I was really philanthropic and it was like the polos family change mm. initiative and i was like the pf chang <laughs> <laughs> you have such a great name by the way tom polos tom polos is such a great and the two Thank m's you. it's just like everything i appreciate that well you've got m's in your name so i respect that yeah m respect mutual m respect <laughs> nice m- m's love m and m yeah yeah m and m and m what is um so you so you go by Matthew like you go by Matthew if someone if like if I introduced you as Matt, you would not like that. No, I wouldn't respond to it. I don't think. It's I mean, name. If, if Matthew Scott or Matthew or MSM is usually what yeah. it is. So it's like if someone were to call me like Tommy or like Thomas, mm. like I I get Thomas from like my immediate family. Oh, okay. Um, and then I don't respond to it otherwise. Not, yeah. You know, not out of like, not out of hate, but just sort of out of like, like you said, that's just not what I go by. Yeah, I really don't like it. It doesn't feel like it feels like um, someone's like pretending they know me really well by calling me that. And I actually was, yeah. was, I was, I was, I was talking with Daniel, my brother, about this. Oh, I, you have a brother. I do. I went to my brother Daniel. <laughs> um, I we love Daniel. I figured out what it is. I have a memory of being called Matt as a little kid. And I was in Sunday school, and I remember this, like, I was probably, like, four, maybe, and we were, like, being watched by, like, teenagers for some reason. Like, our, like, That's just, what Sunday school is, Sunday right? school is just what we watch by teenagers. bagels, and teens. And I remember this one teen making me, like, throw a football with him or something outside, and I really don't like sports. And he was like, you should meet Matthew. Matt's a cool name. Uh, cool guys who play sports are named Matt, and he would, like, try to get me to play different kind of sports. And I realized that that's where it comes from. It feels like straight culture imposing, saying, you're invisible. I don't want you to be yourself. I want you to be what I want you to be. Yeah. And it, I figured it comes from like a deep place. It triggers something actually. Have we checked in on this guy? What's this guy doing? Oh, I have no idea. Um, I don't even remember his name. Bitch. <laughs> 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 and I haven't been to church since. I was four. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Bible says, you know, I think it's it's gotta be Luke. 417. Yeah. Where they're like, he does not go by Matt. <laughs> Goes I mean, by Matthew. Love your neighbor as yourself, right? So. Uh, well, it's very biblical. Matthew is a biblical name. Yeah, it actually means Thomas is as Thomas? well. Thomas, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big doubter over here. 
Yeah. Big doubter. Oh. Show me your palms. Wow. Don't believe it. Wow, do people give that to you a lot? Do people call you a doubting Thomas? Oh, when I was little and I was being a little a little grunt. In Sunday school? Yeah, you know, some, sometimes my mom would be like, don't be a pouting Thomas. Oh. <laughs> no, no one ever said that. <laughs> I actually was a peeping Tom once for Halloween. Um, I put Easter marshmallows all over me. Oh, my like, gosh. Peeping. That's genius, Tom. Thank you. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Wow, a peeping Tom. Okay. But enough about me. Um, Matthew <laughs> is here, and as you guys know, I typically ramble and rant about some of the misadventures and excitements in my life and work. And um, I like sharing because misery loves company. Um, <laughs> and, you can, and you can't, you know, we got... Matthew Scott here. We're emphasizing the M's here. Mm. And uh, I want to hear his stories because he's got great stories. Very, very talented. Oh, uh, thank you. You can find him all over um, <laughs> your TV, the web, etc. So you can Google him for all the fun stuff. But if you uh, want to just let people know, A, where they can find you, how they can support your work, please uh, just give them the hookup now and then we can go into some silly stories. Yeah, I mean, um, I spent a lot of time on social media. My Instagram is Matthew underscore Scott underscore Montgomery. Uh, and Thank my, you for underscoring that. <laughs> my TikTok is Matthew Scott Montgomery. Um, and I'm actually currently crowdfunding a horror movie, much like my brother. I've just like... Uh, my twin brother is 26 minutes older than me, so I just do everything he does 26 minutes later. Um, so 26 minutes after my brother um, decided to write a horror movie, I did the same thing. Um, no, so I have a, a uh, it's a queer stalker movie called Howdy Neighbor that we currently have an Indiegogo for. <laughs> I love it. We're gonna um, we're gonna put the link in the bio oh, of the fantastic. episode. So if you guys are listening, just click on the link in the bio of the episode. Amazing. And, uh, you can go to it. Thanks, support. Tom. It's so fun to be here and to I love what you said about like um commiserating through like living through Los Angeles. It made me think of one time uh, a group of us during Halloween time went to my friend's house and she was like, come over, let's tell ghost stories. But it, we're all from LA so it turned into Scientology stories. <laughs> like we were like do, <laughs> Best real this? estate. We were like sitting around a fire and we're like, who has a good ghost story? It's like, I don't, but I have a Scientology story. So like someone told theirs and I was like, um, you guys, I have one too. And then we just like sat, literally sat around a fire scaring each other with Scientology <laughs> stories all night. And I was just like, a, we reflected on it at that night they as well. They came up to like, me in a white shirt. Yeah. <laughs> they came up to me in khaki pants. Well, I think like the first thing, like uh, the first thing I ever shot when I moved to LA was a Scientology commercial. <gasps> yeah. And I just remember, and it paid very well and you worked for just a tiny bit of time. But the idea was, it was like unspoken that you just like, keep your head down and you be friendly but not too friendly and don't engage you just go in shoot the thing get your money and get out and i think amongst every like at least maybe 10 years ago or so it's like every actor you know would like if if they needed money bad enough would submit for the scientology stuff online because you get paid like 80 bucks an hour to like just sat, stand somewhere or like was this at the Celebrity Center on Franklin? No, this one was at um, this one was at a house somewhere far away, and the commercial it was like a it was like a house where there was a house party, and it was called One of the Guys, and it was about drinking underage and how you shouldn't be drinking underage. So we just all had to pretend to be underage and party and drink, and there was like one gag where like a guy fell through like a coffee table that they had to shoot over and over and over again, and the Scientology people were there. They would just like. Like at our downtime, start talking to like everyone who was there, get to know them a little better. And I remember this girl named Miley pulled me aside. And goes, I've done a bunch of these. Just don't engage. Just like 
sit down and like don't talk to them too much. I was like, okay. So like I actually had a pretty positive experience with it because like I just pretended to be drunk for 80 bucks an hour for a few hours one night at a house and yeah, kind of yeah. made some friends and kept my head down and left. But you did kind of see like people get picked off, if that makes sense. Sure. Like sure. in a way. Yeah. The way you're telling this is kind of like, you know how you hear these like these scandals come out or like the the stories about people and then, you know, the big thing that people say most of the time is, well, they were always nice to me. Yeah. Or like, you know, oh, they were always Oh, no, nice. I'm part of the problem, aren't <laughs> no, I? No, no, not at all, not at all. <laughs> I, I'm just, that's the way I'm just picturing the story is like, you know, the Scientologists were really nice to me. Yeah, what questions do you have for me about Scientology, Tom? Uh, well, okay, I was just thinking 26 minutes later was what you <laughs> define your life as. I'm yeah. sure that's basically how long you have in these um, Dianetics tests. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, oh, my God, I haven't I'm, I'm actually type 2 Dianetic. <laughs> But no, honestly, 26 minutes oh. later, your story about your brother, that's a good name for a movie, too. Wow, yeah. I don't know what it's, like, about. You have 28 <laughs> days later, you have 26 minutes 26 later? 26 minutes later, yeah. but, it's, but it's about, you know, yeah, my, Ron Hubbard. My brother was born with, like, a little scratch on his nose, and we used to joke that it was, like, um, me going, get out, and I was, like, <laughs> scraping him with my tiny baby nails as he was making his way out. But Jordan, then I've changed. Jordan, Jordan Peele would like that, <laughs> get out. But I've <laughs> changed to think of it as that I said, don't leave and I accidentally scratched one of the way out. (laughs) (laughs) So how have you adjusted to life and success and the ups and downs of Hollyweird? Um, I think it's always an adjustment. I think every day you have to like find ways to like mentally adjust. I mean, like all the absolute terror and insanity and insecurity is worth it for like two or three moments a year, I think, when you live here. <laughs> it's like all day, every day, you like sift through the terror and then there's like two or three days a year where you're like ha- really happy. Yeah. And then like that like just um, carries you on to the next moment, kind of. Um, I was... Uh, uh, blessed to work pretty quickly once I moved out to LA. I did like a bunch of stuff on Disney Channel and I, a lot of, when you, when you asked me to be part of this podcast or talk about this stuff today or even like our little pre-interview thing, I was like, oh my gosh, like there's so many endless stories that I can think of, of like crazy stuff that happened. Most of it goes towards Disney and like Disney Channel stuff because it's such an absurd you know, outrageous job that you have to do where it's like one day you're all standing with like beaks, spirit glued to your face and you're like Justin Bieber's there and you're just rolling your eyes and you're like, when do we get out of here? But you're all dressed as like cockatoos kind of and that's just like, that was Thursday. You know what I mean? Like that was kind of like mm-hmm. how it is. Um, there was this, I was on this one show called Austin and Allie and I got the script and my character was Walter, who was like this kid who worked at this movie theater locally. And I was kind of like the antagonist. I was kind of like the villain. I kind of got cast as villains a couple times on Disney. And I was like um, kind of this like angry like little kid who was like, man, get out of my movie theater kind of thing. And I was reading the script and there was this episode where like to prank me or something like the leads like um, released like geese into the movie theater and like I had to like in the script like pick up a goose at one point and I wrestled with a goose and then it broke my nose and then the final scene I have like a cast on my nose and it's like oh Walter are you and the geese and so I was like okay cool 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 well they'll have like an you know a stuffed 
goose that I'll like roll around with or like I, I don't know I didn't really think anything to of it we do like the table read and like all of it no one mentions a goose at any point it's just like in the script and everyone's laughing and it's like oh my god you wrestle geese you wrestle geese in this episode I'm like yeah and then I show up to set and it's like you know we're like going through hair and makeup and no one's mentioned a goose to me yet and then they're like okay well it's time for you to work with um, the geese really quick before we start taping I was like oh, okay and like they bring me on set and there's a man there with two two giant cages, okay? And they're like, there's two geese. There's like a, a a male and a female goose, geese that are like, you know, a couple and they like work together, I guess. Or it's like, you know, I don't know if there's like what the labor laws with geese are, but like, I think they'd switch them out like a Mary-Kate and Ashley, I think. And so it's like, so anyway, so they had these like two geese, right? And they were like, okay, well, first let's just have you practice with Mary Kate. So they like open up like the 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 um the cage or whatever, and they have me like pick up an actual goose. I was like, oh, oh, okay. And they're like, just pick up the goose and like don't hurt it, but like squeeze underneath its feathers and just try to make it squawk and like flap as much as possible. I was like, oh, okay. And like a goose weighs like I don't know, like 35, 40 pounds. Like you could have told me any number. And like I it's, believed it's you. Like I have a, no idea. It's a pretty big. Like it's bigger than I, I, I was anticipating. And I had baby toothpick stick arms so it's like oh my gosh I have to like raise Mary Kate the goose like above my head and like I thought for sure they were gonna like swap in like a stuffed one or whatever but like that was it like they wanted me to like hold an actual goose pick it up squeeze underneath its wings to try to get it to honk and <laughs> flap its wings a whole a whole lot right and i was like um this uh, this is too heavy for me to like to like actually pick up and when you separate mary kate and ashley they get very very upset so they start like honking really really loud i don't know if you've heard a, a goose honk in close proximity let alone one that you're holding towards your face it's extremely loud it's in depth Deafeningly loud. Um, it's like a um, DJ Khaled air horn. Yes, it's like, yes. And <laughs> we the best geese. Yes, it hurt. It hurts. It's a sound that doesn't feel good when they're honking in your face. Um, so, and they like had separation anxiety. So they would like if the cage if the if the geese couldn't see the other one, they would just start like honking or whatever, right? And the guy who's like the tr- the goose trainer is like seeing that this is like an issue, and he was like. Um, and then a, a second AD or whatever comes in. It's like, okay, we have to shoot. Like, it's time. We Live audience is here. It's time to, like, shoot the, the geese scene. And so they, like, take Mary-Kate and Ashley away. And I'm like, uh, uh, I'm okay. And I'm like, okay, I'm b- in front of a live audience. I'm about to, at some point, be handed a goose. I have to pick it up above my head and wrestle, literally wrestle with it and try to get it to, like, honk or whatever, right? With a, li- with a, a bunch of mi- minors staring at me. So... It's and and before I know it, it's time, and I'm like, this is this is happening already. And my character was wearing like a bellhop costume, kind of like the movie theater. It looked like an old timey, like uh, like um, like an old time movie theater. It's like I had like a pillbox hat and like white gloves and like a whole thing. And uh, the the stressed out goose handler comes over to me and he was like, sorry. He's like, Mary Kate is very very nervous today so um she's like shitting all over the place so i was like okay great so cut to 
me in front of a live audience holding Mary Kate above me with this goose sh- shitting, like literally shitting all over me. They had to replace my gloves because I had these white gloves. And sorry, this is gross, but the gloves were green by like end of like the second take pretty much because it was like shitting all over me. And Mary Kate and Ashley couldn't see each other. And Ashley was honking so loud on the other side of the soundstage that they took her off completely. So like, because the honking was so loud or whatever. So, and... So we like do a take of it or whatever with my stick arms trying to hold up Mary Kate the goose who's shitting all over me in front of a live audience. And uh, they're like, great, can we do it again? Can you make it look like it's biting? Can we get it to bite your nose? Like see if you try to try to get the goose's face as close to your face and see if we, we just need one shot of it biting your nose. Just the one. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, did you look it up, Daniel? Yeah, I you found it? Found oh my gosh. Yeah, so like... I had and and I was not kidding Tom like I'm ra- I'm I was rolling on the ground of this set of a movie theater in front of a live audience and like the audience is like cheering and screaming or whatever but like this incredibly angry goose with diarrhea is so terrified and then I got it to bite my nose it actually bit I don't know if you know like a goose's beak like inside a beak there's like tiny 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 teeth mm-hmm. like tiny like razor teeth like right inside like the, the the goose beak or whatever Yeah. and anyway but we got the shot and it was what it was and then they returned Mary Kate and Ashley and then they like put the fake bandage like on my nose and like I just like went through it and that was like some, Disney loved having wild animals on set for stuff. I, I, we shared a lot with a show called Jesse and they had a Komodo dragon on their show. And they had like a fake one and a real one, but they would bring the real one in like almost once an episode, which is like t- terribly difficult to work with. Yeah, um, they say never work with animals and children. And, and that's what I did both. for a few years on Disney <laughs> Channel is I worked with both quite a whole lot. Um, but yeah, that was definitely a surreal moment in front of a live audience, like holding a 40 pound goose who's shitting all over you and a, an angry director who's like not, no one's like humored by the thing at all. They're just get it to bite your nose so we can get the shot and move on. But yeah. I did. <laughs> Good for you. You got it done. You got it done. Yeah. That's one of those things that's so wild that I, I think um, I, I want people to appreciate more when you find yourself in these silly, crazy scenarios, you feel helpless because you are. Yeah. You, it's not like, it's not necessarily like the end of the world. It's like, this isn't hard work like coal mining is. Yeah. But it's hard because it's mentally hard. Yeah. There's like, like mental gymnastics of totally. like being not necessarily bullied, but like being told to do something that's really unreasonable. I mean, a, a, and, a and do bit. it well. And like kind of the energy is like if you say no, someone else will say yes. Do you want the job or not? Let's yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. like that's kind of like the vibe that you get a whole lot of time. I I've, I've been doing I've been a working actor for I think 12 or 13 years at this point, and I'm just now wrapping my head around saying no to things. Like, it's uh, it's like you're just so ter- – you're like someone else is going to – I used to do heavy, um, healthy living segments for Disney Channel, and they paid me 50 bucks a day. It was $50 a day. And I remember what they said to me was, well, that's what Selena gets paid. And that was like <laughs> – that was the actual phrase of what was said. So it's like, well, do you want to do, do you want to do the healthy, livi- healthy living segment and be on Disney Channel several times a day? Do you want to – I did – commentary on Lion King 3D and that was 50 bucks a day for that and it's like if they if you would say no someone else would say yes so it's like and the uh, thing is that's true yeah yeah that's true yeah they're not lying so it's like no yeah. I'm I'm happy to get shit on like I'm happy <laughs> like, like bite my nose I don't need it you know like that kind of thing like, I'll get yeah. another one what's something that you say no to now or you don't have to give me a project but like what's something that you'd like say no to I think um 
there's been a couple scripts that I've said no to, and D- Daniel and I have said we said no to one. There was one where we were, where ju- just the way that, uh, especially that queer characters are portrayed, or like the, how they're treated in a film or a television show. Um, I think I feel a place where I'm empowered to say no to that stuff. The the horror film that I wrote, um, uh, Howdy Neighbor, that we're crowdfunding for, one thing I was on purpose writing it was I was like, I want all the characters to be gay, but I don't want any of the terror or trauma or anything that happens has anything to do with them being gay. It's just a horror movie where everyone just has scary shit happen to them, but they just happen to be gay. There's like no like, there's no slurs about it. There's no coming out trauma. There's no bullying about it. You know what I mean? I think that's, I'm interested in seeing more queer stories and telling queer stories where the queerness is an aspect of it and incidental, but it's not the drama or or terror or the negativity comes from that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I think a lot of times it's like that's like a no, or it's like I don't know if I want to be working on that. I'm not going to audition for that, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I have a story for you. I have a story. Um, for you. I so I <laughs> I have very sensitive eyes. Like my brother and I both do. We just we have light eyes. They're just like easily very like. Um, uh, I get sometimes I get a little bit um, self conscious about because my eyes get red very easily. And there was a someone was cyberbullying me the other day because there's this Disney Channel episode. Where it's the Halloween. I was on a show called So Random, and we had a Halloween special. And I, there's one scene in it where my eyes are kind of red, and people online tag me on it. They're like, You were high the day you were filming. And I was like, No, I wasn't. But like, the truth was, we had this one makeup artist on So Random. I love the makeup artists there. They were one of them was one of my best friends on set. The other one, um, she like we kind of like would fight to not sit in her chair because like God bless her, but like she just like you know some people are really gifted at their jobs and some people it's great that everyone's working. Um, And (laughs) um, we were doing we're shooting our Halloween special and there was. Uh, like a zombie, mu- it was called Candy Pants. It was like a music music video about like wearing giant pants to go trick or treating so you can fit as much candy. It's Disney Channel. Fit, fit, fit as much candy in your pants as possible. And there was like a crowd scene at like at night where you like were wear like in our Halloween costumes running around. I was like a zombie with like I had like think like an Edward Scissorhands wig. So I had like a big crazy wig and like a skeleton costume. And I was like living because I love Halloween. I was like, this is so great. But but I was getting my makeup done by um what should I let's call her um um Janice. And Janice was doing my makeup that day. And uh she would like frequently poke the actors in the eye quite a bit. Like no. that's just something that would like kind of happen. So I was getting like green zombie makeup on my face and you know she poked me in my eye and um it hurt a little bit. But like again, it's a thing where it's like I don't want to argue or complain or be like, I'm just happy to be here. I, yeah. I I'd rather the, the makeup artists also are the like the keepers of information in town. Yes. So if you come across as difficult while they're doing your eyeliner totally tomorrow they'll totally. be They'll be telling so, genus. Yes, genus. So I get like hair makeup ready. We're like waiting. Me and my other co-stars were hanging out in their dressing rooms. And they're like, is your eye okay? Like your eyes like really red. And I was like, I had Janice do my makeup. They're like, oh, got it. Enough said. So like we get we get on set. And the second I get on set, like the showrunner's looking at me like, oh, 
um, okay, and they all just start to do that thing where they're whispering about you where you're on set, and, like, we do, like, the first shot, and then they, like, pull me out, and, like, the second ID is, like, we're actually going to send you home for the day. We were actually good. And I was, like, what? Why? They're, like, um, they're worried that you have pink eye because your eye is so red that it's, it's you know, we can't have a pink eye out, like, out spread or whatever you call it on set i was like oh no no like janice like poked my eye with to make up like yeah no um we're taking you to um, urgent care right now and a pa and i get in a van and we go to urgent care and i'm still in my zombie costume <laughs> and i remember they gave me a pair of sunglasses to wear like the pa gave me so i remember sitting in the front of this van wearing sunglasses with like a with like a like an Edward Scissorhands wig with like neon green like zombie makeup on or whatever and they take me to urgent care and I I remember sitting in urgent care with my sunglasses on just like sitting there with everyone else waiting to go in and you know what this is LA no one gave me a second thought nope. <laughs> no one even like not even the doctor when I went in to go see him I remember walking in and be like hi uh, I, I, I was shooting something today and I'm, he's like yeah yeah you have an eye infection I was like oh okay like <laughs> <laughs> and I remember they sent me home and I was devastated because I wanted to be in the Candy Pants music video so bad. <laughs> but I couldn't. And then I couldn't go to set the next. They had a, they had a, um, I had to like send proof that my eyes were clear so I could like go back to work. But I remember the Phineas and Ferb and 4D movie premiere was the following night and I was contractually obligated to be at the premiere or whatever. So I couldn't go to work, but I could go to the premiere. They just asked me to turn the red eye away from the cameras when I was on the blue carpet for what it was. <laughs> I remember being on the carpet like winking a little bit and like kind of looking to the side <laughs> because they didn't want to show anyone that I had this like dirty, nasty red eye from Janice, the, the makeup artist. <laughs> <laughs> There's footage somewhere of us on, I mean, probably on YouTube of the red carpet. And I have a picture of my phone somewhere that I'll show you after this, I think, with the zombie makeup. Because I remember having the sunglasses on. I was like, this is ridiculous. I have to take a picture of this. The makeup chair is the most fascinating, like, <laughs> powerful position you can be in. Yeah. Because that's when you feel the most special. Yeah, and they also and, know all your secrets. And and you have to tell them. Yes. Because they, they'll, they'll, they're going to pull it out of you no matter what. You yeah. spend the most time there. You the, do. They're super, most of the time, they're super, super sweet. You're at your most vulnerable when you're with them. It's the earliest in the morning. Yes, it is. And and you without them, you will look terrible. And yeah. it's just, the set is the most interesting place to mm. be. Mm. Um, I have another story if you have time for it. Please. I was thinking, uh, so Daniel, my twin brother, who... Um, I don't know if, uh, I think he's doing this podcast as well. I don't know if his episode has aired yet or not. Um, but uh, we frequently go on twin auditions. Um, and we had this one, I mean, like this kind of twin stuff that they have you do. Sometimes it's really ridiculous. Um, but I think this one we had to like, we were like conjoined twins or something. And I think we had to like, we had to, like, stand with our arms really close to each other and had to, like, argue over, I don't know, Dawn dish soap or something and, like, you know, you know, I'll give it to me. We're twins. And I remember we had the audition. We did what we had to do. It was great. And then we got a call back. And I remember getting to the call back and, like, there's, like, when you're sitting in an audition room, there's, like, monitors who, like, check you in or whatever and, like, sometimes, like, give you heads up about stuff. And I remember the monitor being, like, she was, like, so the director is here today. 
the, the director of the spot is going to be. He's a hot indie director. He's new. He's never directed a commercial before, but he will be directing you in the room. And so just so you guys know, he's here today. And like today was a very, it was like a special day. And like, I remember like the vibe being like, oh, whoa. You know, it's like, there's like a, the director's here today. So like we walk in the room. It's this really young guy who's like probably. Sorry, I just pictured a bunch of Sims in like Tokyo. <laughs> yes, it's very that. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, going, <laughs> um, so we walk into the room. He's very young. He's probably our age or, or probably maybe younger. And so, in you know, we like, and there's like a crowd of people in the room. There was like, you know, the powers that be are like sitting behind him. When you're in a, and you have a callback for a commercial, usually there's like a, a couch full of people who don't look at you. They either look at their phones or they look at the, the, monitor that you're being filmed on at that point they never really look at you um even if they have direction they talk amongst themselves and then like one person delivers it so like and there's the, often like a plate of food in front of them yes yes so the crowd was quiet in the back but but our director was leaned forward you know fist propping his chin up and you know for the, the shakespeare of the dawn uh hand soap commercial or whatever it was so like we do like the spot where we're like pretending to be conjoined and arguing over the soap or whatever it was he was like huh huh could you two um I don't know. Could you just uh, be more interesting? And I remember looking at Daniel and being like, um, what? He's like, you know what I mean. And I like wasn't playing that day. Like, I know I just gave some big speech about like just being complacent and or like accommodating and being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That day I wasn't feeling it. That day I was like, no, I don't know what you mean. And he was like, just like be bigger, but do less. Do you know what I mean? And I remember like the crowd of people nodding behind him be like mm, mm. and i'm like am note. i in the simulation <laughs> i was like am i in a simulation right now i was like is this guy even really a director i was like because he it's he's I, a make-a-wish person who like, got to direct a commercial. maybe or it's like i was like this isn't a direction that makes any kind of sense at all like is this guy like just was he just saying something to say stuff you know what i mean i remember dan and i looking at each other and be like uh, okay like Let's just let's be more interesting. I was like, let's we'll just we'll be bigger and we'll. I, I might have even repeated it back to him if I was feeling salty that day. Or I mean, I said, we'll just be bigger but do less. And he's like, exactly. Thank you. And like we like do the exact same thing. He's like, well, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> and we walk out. And I was like, be more interesting. Like, what does that mean? That one stuck with me. Absolutely, I love notes like that. I take umbrage when people say things are, like, unfair in life. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think things are, like, unfair. I just think things are absurd. Yeah. And you just kind of have to laugh at life. Like, of course, everyone's circumstance is unfair. That's, that's like, the human experience, right? Yeah. That's that's what makes us mortals, the fact that, like, we have these, our own Achilles and our own, (laughs) like, you know, things. Yeah. But, like, that is something that's just absurd. Yeah. That, like, you were basically told to be more interesting. Yes. Did the same thing. And it was perfect. I mean, that's like, I think that's kind of indicative. I've, of like, I've heard people say, be more weird. Yeah. And like, how do you be weird? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think with commercial casting, sometimes they don't know what they want until they see it. But sometimes they get upset when you're not what they want, even though they don't know what they want. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so it's like, you're, it doesn't really matter what you do at any point because it's like kind of not going to make a difference. You know, like that kind of stuff, especially especially with commercial casting, I think. I know. After you um, either shoot something or book something, mm-hmm. people always say to keep yourself busy so your mind is off of your work because your work will just be better that way. Do you do anything to treat yourself or anything that you do as, like, a reward? Do you have, like, gummy bears at the end of the day? Do you uh, take a bath in, in Red Bull? 
That's a really good question. I used to get into a ritual of getting a double-double protein style at In-N-Out afterwards. Mm. That's like a very L.A. thing to do and like a very L.A. thing to say. However, I mean, if you're familiar with In-N-Out in L.A., the line is never um, short. (laughs) So it's like that would be like if, if I have time. And protein styles, protein style is no bread, so it's just like wrapped in like iceberg lettuce, and it's like, um, I, damn, that sounds good, doesn't it? That mm-hmm. sounds really good right now. A double double protein style, that's what I do. Or what I used to do was, um, and I think my brother would do this as well, was go see a movie at the ArcLight, go see a movie afterwards. I remember my very first commercial that I ever shot was a Cheetos commercial that the entire audition was just me opening my mouth as wide as I could. And I had... This was a Cheetos ad, right? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. And I had, like... And, like, the Chester the Cheetah animatronic was actually there the day that we were shooting. But, like, literally all I had to do was, like, every callback was just stand and open my mouth as wide as I could. And then I, like, booked it. And then, like, three of us, like, stood in a line when we shot this commercial. And we just had to, like, open our mouths as wide as possible. And then when I saw the ad, they digitally, like, stretched our mouths to make them, like, even bigger. And I worked for probably five minutes. And, like, I remember it was in Santa Monica. I live in West Hollywood. I drove to Santa Monica. Our, my call time was probably 11. Like That's I, so civilized. Yeah. 11 a.m.? It was 11 a.m. And we in the furthest reaches of Santa Monica, I probably shot for, for realistically, probably 20 minutes. And then, but I waited for, like, you know, six hours before that. And so I got done at, like, 7 p.m. And I was, like... I wasn't expecting to be done that eat. I don't know what I was expecting, but I was like, I'll be there all day forever. And I was like done at like rush hour kind of. I was like, I'm just gonna go to the movies tonight. I think Daniel, I think my brothers are here. I think we saw a movie together that night, I want to say. I think I texted you maybe. I was like, do you want to meet up with me to watch a movie? I remember like, I remember thinking like, I live in LA. I'm an actor who shot a Cheetos commercial where I held my mouth open for money. And now I drove (laughs) to the Arclight Cinemas to watch a movie. Like I remember thinking like, this is it. This is, and you know what? It doesn't get any better than I remember the Britney Spears song Three came out that day. Oh, then I can tell you what movie it was. And I remember <laughs> I remember listening to that like on the drive and on the drive back. And I remember living my full fantasy of like living in LA for holding it was like giant Cheetos. That was like the gag. Like the Cheetos were like super huge or whatever. And we just stood in a line and it was one woman with a very big mouth, a guy with braces, and then me for some reason. But like I remember I had three callbacks where I just I would just walk in a room and, and open my mouth. Ah. I was in there for for ten seconds, like in front of a crowd of people just seeing how wild that mouth go and then like leaving. Like <laughs> It's the best. That's what I mean. It's so absurd, but you got paid to do that and probably it a did. good amount of money. Yes. And so like that amount of money I got paid for that one day like covers like the soul crushing tedium of auditioning for be more interesting commercials for like the following like three or four years, I think. Sure. Because you just think like, oh, one of these I'm gonna book again. I'm just gonna hold my mouth open for twenty <laughs> minutes. I'm gonna get paid to go see movies with my brother you know what I mean is that the best part for you when you see the result of it like when you when you see yourself on tv and you're like oh that's that or is the best part of you the weird perks of it because I definitely get a kick when like friends and family like text me hey I saw you in this or oh you're doing this and but for me the process and like particularly if you get to travel for something Mm. or you like they make you feel special for me that's always the weirdest most absurd part where like let's say you have a handler for something or or you get like you know particularly food put out for you because you requested it mm. like that's that's for me when it feels super special and very absurd because yeah. you're just sort of like all right this is pretty weird I but think you also deserve it 
I think this is going to be like a kind of a BS actor response, but I think when it's work that I'm proud of and I did work that I'm proud of and then that gets to be seen, that We're going to cut that right there. I know, right? That feels rewarding. I mean, like, the first thing I ever did was a Hallmark Christmas movie and I was cut out of it completely. Expecting a miracle with Jason Priestley. I still make $12 every December because, like, my name is still in the credits, but like, I got cut of it completely. My parents were on the East Coast at the time, and the night it was supposed to air, they called me, like, You're not, you're, you're not in it. <laughs> and I remember I was going to have people over to watch it that night, and I had three hours, big, um, for, forget it. But they're like, We watched the whole thing. We, 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 we didn't see you in it. So it's like, I, when you say, like, uh, being proud that friends seeing it, I'm like, If they ever see it, because, like, a sure. lot of it's like, you don't believe it actually happened until the res- the first residual check clears. Well, you certainly don't talk about it. Till, no, absolutely till, not. Until it's like I'm, well I mean, beyond. You, every actor makes that mistake, and yep. I made him that mistake with expecting a miracle because I was like, that's what made me sag, and I was like, I played Jason Priestley's assistant, and like we shot for a few, like, and then like all of it got cut, like completely got cut. So it's like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you keep you keep that to yourself. You keep your mouth shut. Like, yeah. Do you think if you saw Jason Priestley today, he'd be like, hey, what's up? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, this was 2008, and um, no, I don't think so. But you know what? I remember his eyes being very red, and I remember thinking, like, you have that in common. are you high on set? No, like, <laughs> no, I remember thinking it was a kindred spirit of like sensitive eyes. Yeah, yeah, maybe it was, maybe Janice. it was, maybe it was Janice. Hey, Janice. <laughs> Who's the nicest person you've worked with that that our listeners might know? I'm sitting right here. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I think everyone, I've, I can't think of like, this is very rare, but I can't think of a negative experience I've had with anyone. When we were so random, that show was like um, basically SNL for kids. We had like a big musical celebrity guest every week who would, and my dressing room would always be right next to theirs. So I would inevitably spend some sort of time with them. And everyone that came through was really, really fantastic. Um, there is an actor who I'm very close friends with now in an insane kind of way. His name is Tim Bagley, who I knew from Will and Grace growing up. And I was always kind of a fan of his. And I was cast opposite him at a play at the Geffen. And I didn't realize that until I got to the table read. And I show up and I was like, and my character the in the, in the play it was a play about a play and he was playing a director and I was like his actor protege but the joke of the play was I was a terrible actor like really really bad and he only kind of thought I was cute and like the gag was like we had something going on on the side but my character was blissfully unaware I think I'm a really good actor and so I had like a kissing scene where I had to like as a joke the play was called Stage Kiss, and we had to, like, show how you kiss on stage. So there's this, like, running, very, like, sitcom running line of, like, every character in the play kissing each other for quite a bit. Like, no, 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 this is how you do it. No, 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 you do this. And there's a scene where, like, Tim's character would have to, like, dip me and, like, make out with me hardcore and then, like, flip me back up. And we're like, that's how you do it. Like, it was, like, that kind of moment. And then we're walking in, and Tim goes, oh, no, when he saw me. And I was like, what? He was like, he'd seen me in a play previously. He was like, you're in that Del Shores play. He's like, you're so good. You're too young to be playing this part. And I was like, oh my God, thank you. He's like, I have to, to kiss you quite a bit. Tim's like much older than I am. And I was like, don't, oh no though. I was like, this will be like fun or whatever. And he's like, oh no. Like if you know Tim, that's like very his thing. And and Tim and I got really close working on the play. We made out a whole lot. But like Tim literally lives across the street from me. Literally across the street. Like I walk across the street to his place, like like that close. And now to this day, I do all his self-tapes 
for him. So it's like, I put him on tape for Hocus Pocus 2 last week. So it's like, I like just walk over to Tim's place and he has like the setup and I'm like his reader and like kind of like acting coach with his Mm -hmm. self-tape. So I do that with him probably three or four times a month. And it's very funny to me that like, this is someone who I watch as a kid, like watching Will and Grace growing up and not, I've made out with him on stage and now it's like Tim will text me. I'm like, oh God, I have to go do another tape with Tim today. But it's like, I'm, it's never an imposition. It's just funny to me now that that's like an actual relationship that I have in my life that's consistent and he's just like so great. But like if you told like, you know, 12 year old me or whatever that in North Carolina that like one day you will kiss this man on stage and then you will live across from him in three or four times a month. You're going to put him on tape for things like Hocus Pocus 2. You know what I mean? Like I would never <laughs> believe that in a million years. A fever dream. Yeah. All of that feels like a fever dream. None of it feels real. In fact, the part that I played an Australian supermodel on Disney Channel mm-hmm. and the accent that I did for for the Australian supermodel is based off of my brother's impersonation of this girl that he was in a play with. Kira Sedgwick's goddaughter. Kira Sedgwick's goddaughter. I literally in the this, audition This is like did, Memento. You guys will learn this later. Yes. Daniel and I, we, Daniel and I lived together at the time. All the time, we would do an impersonation of her. And yeah. Daniel would do a really great job. And in the room, this audition room, I just literally did an impression of my brother's impression of her. Then I ended up getting the part. And like <laughs> stuff that we said, I said in the audition, they wrote it into television that's now on TV. That's like his cat, this character's catchphrases. That's literally just an impression of a girl that my brother worked with a long time ago. <laughs> Perfect. Anar. Before we let you go, this whole interview has been a fever dream, Matthew. <laughs> we have Matthew and Thomas here. Actually, Thomas, Thomas, I think you probably know this. Thomas is Hebrew for twin. I did not know that. Taom. Is that really? Yeah. So there you go. Wow. Um, and you have a twin, and yeah. I'm Thomas, and I don't have a twin, as wow. far as I know. Matthew means gift of God. I know that. What does Daniel mean? God is my judge. <laughs> The book of Daniel. God is my judge. Wow. Well, we got we got the gift of God right here. We got Matthew. Oh, um, you're such a twin. <laughs> <laughs> we want to thank you so much for coming, but before we let you go, we want to hear all the good stuff you're doing and how people can watch you, support you, and um, all that good stuff. Oh my gosh, thanks, BB. Um, I have TP, a... Actually. Oh, shoot. This isn't BB with BB. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, um, I'm currently uh, crowdfunding. I have an Indiegogo for a, a horror, a queer horror stalker film that I wrote for myself to be in um, called Howdy Neighbor. Um, it's a really over-the-top, campy, genuinely terrifying, gay-ass horror movie. Actually, one of my co-stars from Disney Channel, her name is Allison Snyder. She was on Sunny with a Chance and so random with me. She's going to be directing the film. Um, she's a young female filmmaker who's also Heather on AP Bio, if you know that show. She's transitioning into directing. This is your first time directing. Really excited about it. Um, so if you want to watch a very creepy teaser trailer for the movie, you can check out the Indiegogo that's all over my social media. Even a dollar helps contributing helping my little gay little screams come true um that's the latest of what i have um going on right now um and also i'm very active on social media yeah awesome thank you so much for being here we appreciate it and thank you for sharing your stories because 
what do we have if not our stories? They're eulogies for our memories. Yeah. Right? Thank you for this like therapy session. Oh, not at all. <laughs> and that's a wrap for this week's TP with TP. See you at the after party.